0: It's waiting on fries that you don't get it. You don't. What do you mean you don't get waiting on fries? Hopefully the customer never hears waiting on fries. But all this time on the entree and it's perfectly executed, and then you're it's like, ready Fuck, to go. I forgot to fire the fries. I
1: just always use that when I forgot to put somebody's order in, and I was like, hey, I'm just waiting on the fries. It's gonna be two more minutes. Realistically, i come back 10 minutes with the food. Exactly. (laughs) They just know that their food's not there in the service, so they're still waiting on fries. I guess we're just waiting on fries.
0: What's up, guys? (laughs) We're still recording right here out of Smokehouse in Mamaronek. Use that promo code SMOKESQUAD for your order on SHTailgate.com and get 10% off. 10%. We're also still drinking Sloop beers, because why not?
1: And they are delicious. (laughs) Because why not? There's a guy on YouTube, his name's Guga Foods, G-U-G-A. I think he's, like, Brazilian. And I, I sent Noobs the link before. Noobs was like, why do I want to see what yeah. peanut butter steak is? And I was like, no, man, it's not about that. It's just the way this guy describes everything. See, every,
2: I'll be honest, I didn't even watch the video to see how he described everything. Every like, single time,
1: I swear to God, every single time he does something, he's like, Today, I'm going to be coating this ribeye in peanut butter, and it's delicious.
0: Is he and, from Florida? No, no Brazil. Brazil. Oh, you said that. It sounds yeah. like something a Floridian would do. No, but put it's... Put peanut it's butter fin- on a steak.
1: Now it's like I read every single caption I see in his vocal, you know? Just like, we're setting up for the show today, and it's gonna be Good. You know why it's going to be good? Why is it going to be good, Jay? Yeah, we got surprises in store, bro. Surprises in store. Big surprises. There's a lot happening. Man, I worked all weekend, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared of winter coming, and I'm not thrilled about it because it rained for a little bit. Just a very short while of time. Mm -hmm. And we had no space inside the bar to put people, and we were, like, maxed out at, like, five tables with COVID spread. But that didn't sound right. We maxed out at like five <laughs> tables. With, gross. With the law <laughs> yeah. of how far people have to be spread apart. Yeah. Let me with double. With social
0: discipline. But yeah, so thank you. Yeah. See, this is why you got to well, be here. Help me then out. Then you know what? Everybody should start acting in line and stop being crazy and maybe just wear a mask. Yeah. I don't know if it actually is helping or not, but it can't hurt. Can't hurt. And so, if that's what
2: they're
1: saying to do.
0: Just do it. Just do it. Just what do is it? it? It doesn't hurt you. Well, some people right? say they can't. Well, whatever.
1: For those of you out there with bars and restaurants. Don't go out to the restaurant
0: then.
3: Yeah. Well If you, if you can't don't want to wear a mask,
1: don't leave your house.
0: If you don't eyes. want to wear a mask, then don't come out. <laughs> yeah. If you've got to wear a mask, listen, I don't like it. I'm wearing it for 14, 15 hours a day. Try to do that and see how that feels. We're yeah. asking you to wear it for the, for 30, the 40 minutes five out minutes it takes for thing. you to go from the front to the table. Like You don't even have to wear it at your table. You just have to wear it when you're walking around. Do me a favor, the guy wearing a mask for 15 hours, and just put your mask on for like two seconds so that maybe we don't have to worry about Jay's miserable December, Christmas, hot winter, hot winter time incapacity. And uh, Florida, dude. Still scared? Florida is out of control completely
1: out of control and i say Jake, this as an you gotta ex- tell Floridian. your people you
2: gotta tell your people
1: i swear to god i screenshot things and i send them across to the florians all the time and i go what are you all doing down there in your lawlessness <laughs> zone uh it's tough but i i am scared i'm scared that winter is going to come and i'm scared that a lot of these places are going to get shut down is that a
2: like, game of thrones reference no winter is coming,
1: winter is coming but it is a game <laughs> of thrones reference at the same time um but My no family just can't. got a
0: house in the north we
1: can't. <laughs> Literally, that just happened. Justin, Justin, I'm king is, of the north, king of the north. Justin's been hanging out in Maine with the lobsters, um, but no. In all seriousness, I don't think that people within this industry, maybe besides ownership, are going to be able to survive through a winter if the sun goes away and they I don't can't know be. If outside ownership's going to be able to survive through a winter. That as well. But it, I'm not frowning on anybody that's like, you know what, this might not be for me anymore. I'm going to go elsewhere. Uh, I'm surprised that there's not more people opening up food trucks left and right right now where it's a lot easier to kind of be Completely. maybe in the outdoors. Don't
0: let people off the hook. I'm we not. To, you know, we're talking about the Florida's going crazy. They're not listening. They're wilding out. Florida, you, you got to get your shit together. They're partying that's... like it's 2019. 20, 2018. Cuomo's over here
2: threatening the city. Papa Cuomo's going to ground us all again. And then
0: he followed through because guess what? The city is not allowed to open. And now he put in through some more executive orders that are limiting even more opening. Like if you don't serve food, you cannot yeah. open.
2: Um, now. I saw, I saw an article this weekend about a bar that's selling uh, Cuomo chips just so they can sort of bring to their patrons.
1: That's clever. Yeah. And they're also untouchable, I guess, huh? They're buying their way into that one. Uh, the SLA has been making their rounds, State liquor Authority, uh, checking to make sure that things are going okay in Westchester and everyone's abiding by the rules and they're serving food and they're distancing people. Have you had uh, anybody coming here to check up on you guys yet?
0: Not that I know of. I don't know how they go about it. I don't know if they announce when they walk in or they're doing their, you know. I mean, they always have, they always yeah. had in the past, had yeah. like sting operations yeah, yeah, yeah. where they just send a secret chopper in or something like that. So I don't know if they're coming in. With like a badge, SLA badge, checking him out, or they're just, you know, doing a secret shopper type yeah, yeah. thing. Also, I'm gonna say maybe they have, maybe they have. I'm glad I don't know. Either way, yeah, no
1: you know, news is good news in this situation. I was just gonna say with Justin, he's so anal and knowing all of the rules up to date to the moment and following everything that he would never know if the SLA ever walked in here. I feel like.
0: I hope that, I hope that you're right. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm
1: giving you praise, and you didn't even pay me no, this time. I That's another it. twenty under the table. Come I on. I
0: appreciate the. <laughs> the vote of the praise yeah. the, the pace <laughs> i appreciate the praise but uh yeah
1: i don't know what the laws are in the city at this point now um as these things are ever changing i will however say that i did receive a phone call to one of the summer type locations uh to 10 and they said that they're going ahead and they're opening this week
0: Congrats. Which
1: is a a lot. Congratulations in order. (laughs) Which is a lot to say for, you know, these places that are summer locations and they're saying, all right, we're ready to go. Let's go. What is it going to be, 50% capacity in these outdoor locations, kind of? You know, how much room do you actually have to be able to take people in? And furthermore, on the bartending side, it's like, get your money in now while the summer is still hot and figure it out later on because if bars have to close back up and nobody's sitting outside, it's going to be tough when... You know, they let go of a handful of their staff all over again, and we're looking at unemployment checks for a second time.
0: Are those coming a second time? Like, honestly, how do we even survive another shutdown? I Exactly.
1: And I'm sure they'll figure out how to, you know, just raise the debt cap a little bit higher also, right? Um, but but is it's But even
0: good, like, long term? Maybe no. that lets us survive a couple of weeks, but I don't think, I mean, we don't have to get into a deep economic <laughs> conversation, but... We're setting ourselves up for some years of hardships and people are spending like this is, you know, money on top of money and it's not. And then all of a sudden this money's going to run out. And where are we going to go then?
1: Yeah. And, you know, seeing the places that are set up for summer right now, they're definitely thriving. Places that have rooftops that are open, seating people, uh, no problem. They're smiling. The places that every single year only open up in the summer might have the one of the best advantages because they know what their costs are, they know how their leases are, are set up. You know, they might be okay to go ahead and open again next summer, no matter what even happens through the winter. Um, and, of course, then there's the other guys that haven't opened locations in the summer just for fear of maybe not wanting to deal with it. They're a little bit older. They're having a little bit more cause for concern of being around the virus itself and are staying in and saying, you know what? This summer we're skipping it. And I know there's a handful of spots through Hamptons or whatnot that have not opened this year. Um, of course, the Hamptons being a, the, the Great Gatsby sexy-like or once sexy-like area of New York's end of Long Island. You could have just said a
2: wealthy area in New York.
1: Sure, but it doesn't paint the parties and fun scenes that you, know, you, you think about when you watch Jay-Z music be the soundtrack of a, mu- uh, a you know, movie. You
0: know what I think would be helpful? Sorry, just cut that. You know, no, I you're just, good. I just I wasn't going anywhere. Hard stop on that one. But going <laughs> Fine, back, he was rambling yeah, about selling <laughs> sex. going back to the, the you know Cuomo talking, threatening and not really threatening, but just basically, yeah, I guess right, saying what's going to happen <laughs> if you don't listen, that kind of stuff. Good idea would be I had this I had this idea. He should come up with a weekly spotlight where he highlights a restaurant that's doing everything the right way. Right. Right. Instead of because I had a thought that we have so many places. I don't want to say so many, because I think the majority of restaurants are playing by the rules, are looking out for the safety of their staff, are looking for their safety of their customers, etc. But obviously, we have some that are not, and that are not. Either they don't know. Um, they don't know what the rules are. They, you know, they haven't read through the whole New York Forward Plan and everything that you're yeah. supposed to do, and they're just kind of going. You know, spot to spot on it, or they just don't care what the rules are. Right, they're just doing um, whatever they
4: do anyway. But we're
0: highlighting that these people are getting away, and it's a little bit not that they're getting away, but that they're doing it. And I think it's selfish because, you know, I'm not a, I'm not allowed to open my bar and have people at the bar. Right. I can't make that dollar, right. right? I'm gonna listen to the rules. I'm not gonna do that. You're gonna open up. You're gonna let that happen. Now mm-hmm. you're making money short term, setting us all up for a long term failure, right? Cuomo's saying like do this, I'm doing this. If you do this, I'm doing that. I would like to see him take a restaurant and say, you know, so-and-so restaurant. I was there yesterday. They had, you know, seats were where Probably they're supposed distance. to be. Yeah. Everything was very clear. Everything was clear. It was well-managed. The staff was clean. They didn't do anything out of the ordinary. You know, this is an example of how to get this, how to get through this. And then he could just do that once a week. Yeah. And that be be twofold because, one, you're giving a plug to a restaurant because the Absolutely. general public, if they see a restaurant that Cuomo saying this place is clean, they're doing everything the right way. Maybe they feel like they can go out during COVID to that restaurant, but even more importantly, after.
3: Yeah.
0: Right. You're a restaurant that. Was, Everybody knows. Yeah, those things Yeah. That, the right that way. was heard about it and show that you could, you could operate accordingly. And I think when we're all done with this, people will look and say, these guys did a good job. These guys didn't do a good job, and now the good job restaurants are gonna be the ones that people go to later. And then, on the second hand, if you get an industry leader as one of those highlights, somewhere that everybody knows, and you put them out there and you say, I don't know.
3: This is a model of you how know, it This is a model, like this person it. Yeah.
0: did this, and let's say it's an industry leader that everybody in the industry knows. Now people are gonna follow, because the entire industry always follows a leader, that's why they're leaders, yeah. right? If you see an example, well, they're doing this and they're they're a successful restaurant operation or a successful restaurant tour or whatever, it's it's highlighted and you see that they're doing it and getting the praise for it. The rest of the industry is going to kind of follow that. So by highlighting an industry leader and getting everybody to follow, I think that would be the best way to get everybody fall in line, rather than just saying, "If you do this, I'm going to do this. If you're going to do this, I'm going to do that." Same way you met, same way your parent children. Like, yeah. I can yell at my two boys all day, but if I get the older son to to get so in one way first. He's in, yeah. the younger son usually follows the example
1: i know you lightly touched on that in the, the previous episode too but i i don't know if afterwards i had a dream that that happened or if it kind of did happen to some extent yeah has we, this we has this not, not happened
2: we were talking about um dave Chang and his releasing that protocol right. on really, how to operate him
1: no but uh, did cuomo highlight a couple restaurants or was no. that just no. in my dream no, no. Oh, you just sent me into inception essentially, yeah. crawled inside yeah. my head, and that's how my night went. Yep. There you go. Yeah, really really tough things to, to follow. Um, have you decided just if the menu is going to open back up a little bit more now? We started are we talking still about staying it. There?
0: We started talking about some new ideas and some new you know, trying to figure out what the new trends are gonna be and how to be ahead of it now and sort of expand, but we haven't expanded it yet. Definitely we're talk, we're in the process of so it's still, I'd say it's a good three or four weeks out before anything actually happens. But speaking of highlighting a restaurant, our episode of Food Paradise that we filmed two years ago, remember that, is finally that. going to air <laughs> next week. Yo, the Smokehouse episode got shelved for two years. <laughs> okay. So apparently, what ha- what had happened was what happened. Shelved. Shelved. We filmed Shelfed. the episode for a show called Food Paradise that originally aired on the Travel Channel. The Travel Channel. Sold, I guess the show, right? They showed they sold the show, so I guess the Travel Channel pivoted on the type of content they wanted on their network. Sold all their food-related content to the Cooking Channel. Hmm. That happened about a month after we filmed our episode. So everything up until our season, which we were like episode two in season or whatever it was. Got shelved while the transition happened, and all that content had to get transferred from one station to another station. Then the cooking channel wanted to reamp their viewers to get on the Food Paradise, par- uh, Food Paradise like viewership, so they weren't just going to pick up where they left off. So they started Food Paradise all over again, <laughs> with starting from season one, and we're on like season ten, right? So that's what took so long. So the transition got all the content over. And they restarted it up to get their viewership back up, so that everybody that wasn't watching on Travel Channel and was cooking up. up and that's catch good catch up. And now we're up to our season, which is going to air on July 29th. and the show is called Secret Menu. And so it's a show about restaurants with secret menus and stuff you can order off. Again, I, I gather. What uh, a
2: day and time is that? So people can tune in.
0: Uh, July 29th, which is a Wednesday.
3: Very What's uh, up? You know what you could do?
0: Which is perfect
2: cuz you could stop by Smokehouse, get some pastrami, take it home and watch some uh, food paradise. Yeah,
1: why not? Pastrami Wednesday. Pastrami. That's a cool deal. Just what did you guys what you guys actually film back there? You
0: know what we well, filmed? You're gonna we have to filmed, tune in to find out. Oh Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Somehow I, I just I that's knew what that, I was that was coming. Do. That's what I was
1: going to do, but I knew that was coming. Yeah. Sure enough. Um okay, and you know Guys, we got some fun stuff happening today, I think, right? we got, we, we got yeah. special things happening. Uh, I told you I took my father to a Moroccan restaurant because I'm Moroccan for Father's Day, right?
0: You didn't tell me that, no.
3: no.
1: We have this like weird saying in Morocco where they go, Allah doesn't go to the mountain. The mountain comes to Allah, and all of a sudden today it's crazy because we didn't go to the Chinese pagoda yet.
0: The Chinese Pagoda just came to us. (laughs) Just, who's in the building? We got, you want me to call you Catherine or Kat?
4: No, you can say Catherine. (laughs) Sorry.
0: That was a great intro. That was a good intro. I didn't know where you you were going with that. Now I have to do a lot of
4: editing. Oh, I try (laughs) to (laughs) always go left to come back right. It really came full circle there.
0: (laughs) Sorry. All right. We have Catherine Dechico from Walter's Hot Dog Stand. And if you don't know what that is,
2: I don't know what you've been doing. Pretty big time. Yeah, I mean, and now there's really no excuse to miss out because they do ship nationwide through Goldbelly. for yeah. service we get a little bit later.
1: So growing up, I was a kid that lived in Florida for so many years, and then when I was, like, 14, 15, I started coming up here to Westchester. And, of course, my elder pseudo-stepbrothers here would take me around to places that, like, they grew up with as kids. And one of those first places that they took me to was this place... That looked like a Chinese restaurant, and as we were approaching, there was like a line down the block, and I was like, "Wait, we're just gonna stay on this line and wait and get this food." And he goes, yep. "Just don't don't <laughs> say anything with your judgmental Florida ass. Just sit there and wait." And we got to the front, and sure enough, I had a puppy dog, <laughs> and it was delish.
4: The, the line's are part of the experience too.
1: I, I think. The lines are completely part of the experience. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got Catherine in the building here from Walters Hot Dogs. Uh, if you are from this northeastern region, you probably definitely know of Walters. If you're just hearing about Walters now, these dogs are phenomenal. We'll get more into your proprietary recipe as much as you'll actually allow us to know about it. Of course. Uh, but people all <laughs> over the world now can actually taste a Walters Hot Dog thanks to Goldbelly, who you've partnered up with, as Nooms just said a second ago.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, jumping into, let's go to history, right? Of yes. Walters first. I think we just celebrate now the 101st birthday. Yeah, so day.
4: we're in our yeah 101st year. Last year was our 100th anniversary. It was obviously a big one. Um, so Walter is my great-grandfather. He started the business back in 1919 here in Mimarnik. Um just down the road. He had like a little, you know, like a roadside shack. Um, and then in 1928, he built the pagoda, the famous Chinese copper roof pagoda. Um, and he just, like, wanted something that really stood out and something that people had to stop. You know, they had to stop to see what it was and what the line was about. And Nailed it. Yeah. And what the, sure. you know, what food he was serving. So, um, yeah, so he started that in 1920, and then my grandfather took it over, and me, my brother, my sister, my mom are fourth and third generation, like, owning and operating the businesses now
1: so were you like seven just like working in walters and just like look at this place with the child labor yeah i
4: so i've been working there since i was 14 like kind of summers i did as a teenager um when i was young i used to come down and you know make ice cream and ice with my grandfather and you know we, we loved it because it was like our grandfather's business and it was just so cool to be there and to see you know the customers and the line and our grandfather like doing what he did best with, with people and yeah, so I worked there um, mostly summers and then had a few other careers in, in between and then came back when I was uh, 27, so came back That's to the business.
0: That's what I was going to ask if you left and came back yeah, over there.
4: Yeah, so I, I went to school, um, actually majored in music, which is <laughs> totally different, of course, um, and then I worked in Manhattan. I lived there for like seven years or so, and I actually worked at, what kind of brought me back is I worked at a um, hospitality PR firm, Bullfrog & Baum, And I, you know, I was doing marketing and PR and social media and branding and and, and menu content and all this stuff for all these restaurants all over the city um, and all around the country. And I kind of was like, you know, we have this amazing business and I want to bring this back to Walters. And, you know, even while I was at Bullfrog, I started like social media channels and I, you know, I was kind of doing a little bit of it while I was there because I was just so passionate about it. Um, So I brought a lot back from Bullfrog to, you know, to our business. And since then, we've really know we've expanded quite a bit.
1: I think in a lot of times in business too it helps to have such this well-rounded idea and experience of all different things where if you would have just stayed in Walters growing up you would just right. know about hot dogs and the restaurant and you would have only seen what happens inside Walters versus kind right. of being able Absolutely. to say all right this is how we get PRs out and mm-hmm. you know that's one thing that I think Walters does really well is just Google Walters. Literally, right now, (laughs) just minimize your phone, open up the internet browser, Google Walters hot dogs, and watch how many things pop up just as far as articles that have been written about the place. Um, And of course, too, over 101 years, that's like traction within itself. So, yeah, you're kind of just capitalizing on the fact that this thing has grown almost bigger than itself at this point right Right.
4: yeah absolutely what's cool too is when you look it up I mean you're seeing I'm always seeing new stuff even if you like do google image I mean you're getting pictures from literally like 1930s till now you know like the black and whites and the original pagoda and customers back in the day you know eating roadside in their cars and eating eating in their cars and like out front in front of the stand and now we have like the seating area and it's a little bit different but it's still that like roadside family feel.
1: Yeah, ju- just explain that experience when you walk up to Walters. Like paint, paint the people with this, this picture.
0: Like now or when I was a kid? Because it's definitely different now.
1: Oh, then give us both. All
3: right. <laughs>
4: got, not too different, time. right? It's like, no, not too different.
0: <laughs> but now I'm more familiar with you guys. So it's yeah. like, well, when I was a kid, my earliest memory, it was playing soccer, soccer games down here, I think. I'm trying to remember if they played down the harbor or not when I was like 10, 12 years old. But the best part about soccer games is we leave, and then I'd sit on the hill across the street from the, because they didn't, I don't think there was seating out there then, or if there was, it wasn't as much as there no, is now. No,
4: we didn't have seating back so,
0: then. So, so I just sat on the hill at the across the street, at, the across the street yeah. and that's where my dad would take us. And i would sit on the hill, put a it's blanket, hot dog and, hill. Yeah, and eat hot dogs.
4: <laughs> that's what people call it. <laughs>
0: yep, and that was that's my. I would rather I played soccer, so we can go to Walters after. <laughs> not that's a good other, reason to play soccer. You know, so soccer. <laughs> And for you, that makes sense because I was about to
2: say, I, I don't think I've ever heard you speak about soccer before in my life. So
0: I just need they needed me to run. I had a lot of energy <laughs> when I was a kid. So. All
1: right, so afterwards, you get your treat, right?
0: Yeah. And then actually, it's weird because that, that was like a constant in my childhood. And then as a young adult and college age adult, I don't think I went to Walters for a long time. Really? Like, I, I don't know why, just wherever I, my life circle was, mm-hmm. wasn't around this area. Yeah. And then. When we opened this restaurant in the Maranick. then you're like, now I got a reason I was to go like, up the street. Oh, we're right down the street from Walter's. I remember that. And I went yep. in and I was like, it's just as good. And it brought me back from, like, you know, you always go back to, you've heard mm-hmm. me reference yeah. my childhood. Everything Absolutely. in foo- every belief I have in food goes back to some childhood memory I have yeah. And any, like, it should be shredded lettuce. Because my Uncle Tommy's Deli had shredded <laughs> lettuce. And it was that connection. Yeah. So I had that right away. And then I became familiar with you guys. I know you guys. So it's a different, a different level now. I can just text and say, "Can I can I come pick up some hot dogs from, <laughs> from, from my house?" Yeah.
1: So you get up to the board though, and what do you order when you go when you get up finally?
0: You're it's, you're up next, dude. Yeah, I'm what's, what's your you standard I'm order? I'm traditional. Justin. I just get a couple singles and that's it. Two singles and I used to get sodas and stuff, but I don't drink soda. Anymore, do you get so mustard? Mustard, yet. yeah. Okay. Always just, two doubles just with mustard. Just mustard, two doubles Which with Which is, is I'm a, I'm a ketchup hot <laughs> dog person right. usually, except that Walter's. Exactly. Okay,
1: that's good to have. These that's acceptable standard <laughs> so uh, what makes these hot dogs so craveable well i i was salivating a little bit earlier i watched the vimeo of like how to cook the walters hot dog in <laughs> yeah. order it from gold belly mm-hmm. and i just said to myself well i always cut my board's head ho- no Boar's head i don't cut down the no. Boar's head i boil because they get that little nice crunch. Okay. but any other hot dog i would cut it down the middle mm-hmm. and i would put it on a pan and when i came to walters i was like
4: What's the big deal? They do their hot dogs the same way I do my hot dogs. I cut them down the
1: middle, and I put them on the pan. But what makes the Walters Hot Dog the Walters Hot Dog?
4: Yeah, so our hot dogs are a blend of beef, pork, and veal. So it's just, like, an interesting mix of meats. Um, most hot dogs are beef. Obviously, all beef, or beef and pork is popular, too. Um, they're skinless, so they don't have, like, any kind of casing. So they don't have that necessarily that snap that you're talking about with, like, maybe a boar's head or, like, a Nathan's Hot Dog. Um, which is a little bit different, but we, you know, we split them down the middle, we grill them flat on a flat top in a butter-based sauce. Um, They just develop this, like, beautiful, crispy, golden brown when they're cooked perfectly. I think a a lot of it, too, is the bun. Like, I always say the bun is equally as important as the hot dog because the bun, the way that we toast it, like, that adds such a crunch when you bite into it. And then the mustard has, like, a little bit of, like, vinegar tang and, like, a little bit of sweetness from the relish. So it's kind of this just, like, beautiful combination of these three things and it I mean it's they're just they're one of a kind you know it's, it's it's own thing I always say that it's its own it's not even like a regular it's almost in its own like level of hot dog because it's just so different
1: so you butter toast the buns yes right just like I watched in the Vimeo video yes are you also butter glazing all those dogs on the flat top to yes like that? so
4: it's our secret sauce it's butter based there's a few things in there but um yeah so we we put the it's it's on the grill so it's the buns toast in it and the hot dogs you know, they get grilled right on there. We press them down so they get, like, super crispy, super brown. Uh, and they lie flat. So then, you know, you can get a double with mustard, for example. It's, like, two on one bun. So it's kind of like a double cheeseburger.
1: Do you ever get people requesting a triple? I know that sounds, like, almost <laughs> no, Actually, almost no, but point. that's...
4: That's not a bad idea. It would probably fit, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so then, you,
1: then at some point you decided to take it to the next level and we're gonna put the little potato puff on there also. Yes. Right?
4: So that was, you know, we say what we say, we can't remember. I think it was one of my ideas on the truck um, originally. So like three or four years ago, we actually were talking about doing breakfast. My grandfather always said if we opened at any other time, it'd be great to do breakfast because it's roadside, you pull up, you get a coffee. You know, you get maybe like one of our buttered buns, you know, on, on the grill, nice and toasted. Um, we never did it, but we were talking about doing it on the trucks. And I was like, why don't we put the puffy on the potato puffs, smashed on the hot dog? We actually did it to begin with eggs. So we did like a hot dog, egg and cheese with potato mm, puffs, so which was amazing. Delicious. A lot of work, but it was amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna ask um, next time, Mike. next time. Yeah, <laughs> and we did we did truck events doing breakfast probably for like a whole summer, like a few summers ago. Um, but yeah, we put the puffs on there, and they just add like a a whole different element. They're creamy. They're they're buttery, too. It's oh, like a I'm, buttery little mashed potato. I'm
1: with you here. Yeah. When I order any bacon, egg, yeah, you and get cheese, the puffy there's dog. always hash yeah. browns on top. Yeah. Like I need that extra little puff feel, if mm-hmm. you will, right? Yes. Maybe
0: I should switch to the puffy because I get hash browns on the bacon, egg, and cheese, too. So See? Puffy dog is definitely a way goes. to go. The puffy yeah. dog's so, so good. So I should switch my standard order. Well, yeah. You've been doing a lot of running, hitting the gym, shit like
1: that. You can afford to do it. I yeah. have to cut back a little bit. I'm not. I'm not trying to be out there doing all that stuff.
4: And we do the double puffy, which is obviously the double with four potato puffs. Yeah, you know that. Just kind of right like right. the heftiest thing you can get. So but she looked right at you when she said that. It's so <laughs> That's good. Uh, but we don't, and we don't do toppings. So for us, the puffs were like a, f- you know, we're never trying to like change things really. We just kind of keep what we have and maybe do something different with it. So for us, like the puffy dog is kind of just that. We serve puffs. We serve hot dogs. So why not put them together?
1: Tell me about some of the other staples that are on that menu that maybe people don't typically order. They don't yeah. realize that are also a staple of the menu.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, so we always say our ice, our Italian ice and our ice cream, when people try them, when they actually get like a scoop or even at a lot of the private events we do on the trucks, people get the ice cream and they're like, this ice cream is amazing. Do you guys make it? You know, we do. We make it all homemade. Every single day we're making ice cream and ice. Um, so I would say those are kind of like the sleepers on the menu. Like people don't. They get milkshakes, but they don't get them enough by themselves. Um, they're phenomenal. That They're made with, like, all fresh, you know, fresh fruits and fresh squeezed lemons and all fresh ingredients.
1: Is making ice cream kind of labor-intensive or time-intensive? Yes. Noom's it's definitely, like acid, yeah. So it's definitely definitely. I was actually going to go home and make some ice okay. Yeah,
4: it's, 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 it's definitely a labor of love. Um, the Italian ice more so than anything. Quick
1: rundown <clears throat> Nooms on how to make ice cream?
2: I mean, it's a custard base, and then you flavor it with whatever flavor you want to make your ice cream. Like eggs, heavy cream, a little vanilla.
1: Do you have like, to aerate this, like, as it's freezing?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, you put it into an ice cream maker, then you pop it in the freezer afterwards. The ice cream maker will mix all the ingredients together and aerate it as you say. Okay.
1: it down. Okay. It's way harder than what you <laughs> just made it <laughs> sound like. I guarantee yeah. it. But um, then,
4: and then it goes into, like, a hardening cabinet yeah. overnight. It has to freeze, and you have to rotate it out. You know, it's just day-to-day How stuff. How about
1: things like, what is it? powdered fries yeah
4: so i was just gonna say the funnel cake sticks are amazing so that's actually something new we probably added them like four years ago um but they're it's literally funnel cake in like stick form you could get them with powdered sugar we do cinnamon sugar that's another item that people don't we sell a ton more of funnel cake sticks the cinnamon sticks are amazing they're they're kind of like a cinnamon toast crunch kind of flavor um they're so good so that's another item that people definitely don't don't get enough of um yeah, and then our—I mean—our curly fries are the most popular. Potato puffs are super popular.
1: And curly fries, I've had time and time again. Those are the only fries I typically would get, mm-hmm. just because I just have straight fries anyway. Yeah, You're my I, sexy curly fries. I always right? tell
4: people that. They're like, "What should we get?" And I'm like, "You can get French fries. Our fries are good, but like, you can get them anywhere. The curly fries are—they're lightly seasoned. They have a little bit of crunch. They're so good if you dunk them in the mustard.
0: Curly fries is the best fry, other than. Like potato puffs? The straight up fry. I don't know. I like the potato puffs.
4: I like potato puffs too. Yeah.
0: So, My wait, but that's not a fry. I'm talking about f- fries. Well,
4: How is it not a fry? It's
0: fried <laughs> potato. No, but it's not a, f- like, they're not called potato fr- puff for, French fries. For us, it's a type okay. of
4: fry. Yeah, I agree. But it's a type of fry.
2: I'd put it in a fry category. The Technically potato speaking. Puff is,
1: uh, all right. <laughs> I'm not going to, I was. You're not going to argue. No. That's, that's impressive. I'm not. In, <laughs> I'm going to save it. In recent years now, Walters has done a huge expansion from what I once just knew is that, you know, the little Chinese pagoda Mm -hmm. in Mameranik town, right? And it would be a destination spot because Mameranik's not the easiest to get to from the other side, right? You have to drive down into the the water side. Um, But now, all of a sudden, Stanford was open and then there was the food truck showing up and then White Plains now also. So this expansion has definitely started. And... It wasn't even, It wasn't as slow. It was an aggressive expansion, right? Yeah. Well, what I think decided the trucks. The trucks were first, right? Yeah, yeah. So
4: it's actually. I mean, it's amazing to look back because we've done something. So every year that we've been back in the business, um, like my brother and I, working with my mom, my sister, we've we've opened something new or at least started something new every single year, um, and that just goes back to you know like our passion for the business, but also. You know, when you own a business that you love and you like, you know, you have so many ideas, you never really stop, you know, you never really, your mind's always going with stuff that you want to want to do. Um, the food trucks were first, so we opened our first food truck in 2015, second food truck 2016, we opened Stanford 2017, um, Way Plains 2018, and then 2019, we launched our retail business with, like, selling um, locally to supermarkets and then on Gold Belly. So every year, you know, we've actually done something kind of, kind of big. <laughs>
1: I a pretty in, nice progression. Yeah. I walked into the White Plains location as we were doing a little White Plains filming for uh, coming back after COVID. Oh, as okay. A and when I walked into the White Plains location... I, I smiled heavily because it was like a shipping location. I've been shipping a lot of things through Amazon. Yeah. And for me, I was like, oh, were there I a lot of like boxes I'm, out front. <laughs> boxes everywhere. Things getting ready to get picked up by UPS. Yep. Um, obviously, we could do this in this time because people aren't really in restaurants right Correct. now anyway. So it came in handy like, for us. For oh, sure. completely. Yeah. So the amount of boxes, though, that were going out, I was so impressed. That I started like <laughs> yeah. prodding and asking questions about like how many hot dogs are going out? Where are these things getting shipped to? Right. How is all this happening mm-hmm. right now? And like, also it's kind of a godsend to you too, because you're getting all that extra business where business has been taken away from, you know, people standing in absolutely lines like that too. Yeah.
4: For us during, especially the beginning of COVID, I mean, we saw such a huge increase in our gold belly orders. Um, simply, I think because people were home and also like looking for a way to support small businesses, however they could. Um, we also maybe when you came, we had just done a Good Morning America, did like a huge tri-state small business push. You
3: know what I think that was. It might have been. So yes. we did,
4: uh, we did like you know almost 2,000 orders in. It was two weeks. Wow. So like just boxes everywhere, That's ice a- packs, hot dogs. It was. was a lot. It That's a lot. was it was really nuts. There was like six of us doing it every single day. My whole family. We had friends come and help. My husband's sister came and helped because she's a comedian and like she was out of work and she's like, I'll help you guys do whatever you need. Um, so, yeah, you might have come around that time when they were literally we were using the dining area for boxing and our Uline box orders. Yeah. And it was just it was organized chaos for sure. But it definitely it kept business going during um, the beginning of COVID, like the first two months. It kept people working and it kept a revenue stream for us that otherwise we, we wouldn't have had. So we were like really thankful to Gold Belly. They did a lot of um, promotion, too. And it was obviously a really a great time for them and, and for all of their their clients that sell on on their platform. So,
0: did you have um, like a GoPro or anything set up watching you guys box everything <laughs> up?
4: So I actually did a few times. I probably did like three or four of them. I didn't get one. I wanted to get like a full eight-hour, nine-hour day of us doing it because it's
0: that'd be
1: that
4: must cool have been to entertaining. It yeah. was, yeah, be cool it was to crazy. Would it. And and in the back, like we were doing it on the back of white planes, which looks big if you're not doing this. But when we were doing it, there was literally like six or seven people. Uh, 200 boxes a day. We had, like, crates of hot dogs, crates of ice. You know, we, like, we do um, regular ice packs, too. So we have to put them into, like, coolers, box it up. It was totally nuts. My mom was, like, taping. She probably taped all 2,000 of those boxes <laughs> with, like, the labels. <laughs> <That's and> intense. <laughs> it's intense. It was – Good Morning America was amazing. It was really busy. Gold Belly itself has been um, super busy, too, since COVID. Like, people have just upped their online ordering of perishables. So I, I previously
1: never heard of Gold Belly for. Okay. What is the decision to go with GoBelly as far as aiding in, I guess, fulfilling or shipping product versus yeah. just going to something like a <clears throat> Shopify account or right. something like that?
4: So uh, for us, because we, we were launching, it was a new business for us. So like Goldbelly really helps you um, figure out every every angle of it. Like we have to do, we do all the fulfilling. So all they're doing is the back end. Like they host their website, they keep it up to date. They deal with customer service, um, but we do we fulfill all the orders. So we're doing like the manual labor day in and day out. Um, but they really walk you through it. And they put a lot of money into marketing and getting the word out there. And especially during COVID, I mean, they stepped it up so much and they promoted all their all their clients um, on Instagram and on Facebook. So for us, launching, is it something you can do on your own, shipping in general? Or you could have a fulfillment center do, of course. Um, but for us, the partnership with them is like, you know, it's invaluable. They're They're awesome.
1: And, you know, you're talking about sending out so many hot dogs. Yeah. You're talking about <laughs> having multiple locations, food trucks. You know, mom and pop aren't in the back anymore just making these hot dogs themselves. Right. right? I guess you're partnered with somebody that actually puts your proprietary ingredients in specifications together to produce these hot dogs to
4: you? Oh, oh yeah. So we, we've had um, someone making our hot dogs since 1919. Oh wow. Um, we've had a meat manufacturer. So back in 1919, 19, you know. That's what I was looking for. Meat yeah, uh, no worries. No, um, Walter created the recipe back then. And then he had a company. Um, I'm not, I'm honestly not sure where it was out of. It was local. might've been like the Bronx or Brooklyn um, making the hot dogs. And then we've only been with two other manufacturers in the past. So a total of three in 101 years. Um, but recipe. they have our proprietary recipe yeah, and they're they're cranking out they make them our hot dogs are fresh so they make them you know every week we're getting new orders of hot dogs and, yeah we, we definitely couldn't do it we'd have to build a factory behind a behind the pagoda, <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> which
4: yeah. is a whole other business that I don't think we're uh, interested in right So we now. talked
0: to Paul and he had Nona making the pasta. You definitely can't have Nona making that many hot yeah. dogs. Yeah, oh, no. right.
4: Exactly. No, yeah, we couldn't do it ourselves. People how always many, ask us that, too, like, if we make them ourselves. How many hot we're dogs? we're like, how do we do that? <laughs> it's impossible.
2: Sure. How many hot dogs do you think you go through in a week between all the locations? Of the
3: park?
4: Oh, that's a good question. I mean, definitely 10 to 15,000, maybe? Yeah, that's intense. <laughs> and then, but then, like, you know, the retail, and yeah. it's, you know, it's a lot of it's hot still, dogs moving around small buildings. <laughs> I don't know where we put them, honestly.
1: It's from, like, a, a, a I know where I put them. <laughs> from a business standpoint, too, it's, it, it's a great thing to be putting out, things like hot dogs, things like... Rise, right? They're lower costs. You're able mm-hmm. to make margins on it. That's yes. barbecue, which has typically terrible margins because yeah. the meat is expensive. Right. Um, no, well, yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I mean, Justin could attest to that. I'm sure. Yeah. But with that said too, does that kind of allow you to expand a little bit faster? Right. Cause cash flow is constantly kind of coming in and um, allow you to redistribute funds in the right areas. To yeah. Grow?
4: I think that for us, um, we're lucky, like, we're so fortunate that we have the Mamarinic location because that's such a staple here. And even during COVID, I mean, it stayed, you know, slower but but steady. You know, we have, like, a steady following. We have new people coming. So that platform for us and just people knowing the name and the brand has has allowed us to expand.
3: Yeah.
4: Um, definitely, uh, you know, there's, you know, it like you said, it's there's low-cost. They're low-cost items. It's not like we're, you know, making, like you said, like Justin doing barbecue, which yeah. is you know, you have to prep it. And if you don't go through it, it goes to wait. Like our our, our food is always being used and it's being used at a high volume and, and you know, quickly. Um, so we're definitely lucky for that, especially with the trucks too. Uh, our food is also, it's fast food. So it's quick service. So, right. I mean, we're able to do some of these events we do with all of our friends in the food truck industry, you know, they're making, you know, maybe they're doing grilled chicken or barbecue or, you know, pasta, That things that might take a little bit longer. But for us, we're cranking out orders and we're able to do like one to two minute, three minute wait times on the trucks. And even in Mamaronek, I mean, line down the street, but the wait for food sometimes can be like five, six, seven minutes, even with the line down the street. Yeah. You know, we're, we're cranking it out. We're, we move as fast as we can, so. Uh, listen, I'm happy to
1: wait on the line, all right? <laughs> My first experience ever, I was not thrilled about it. And I was like, you're seriously taking me to this place. I'm gonna have to wait on this line forever. Yeah. And then afterwards, you just like you learn got to it. love it, yeah. expect it, and you right. smile about it, right? right. And uh, then you get your delicious hot, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, um, but you also mentioned too with Gold Belly um, I'm not looking at anybody behind you oh. around. I just <laughs> I get daisy and think. Uh, however with Gold Belly that you mentioned and being able to do retail too mm-hmm. you've kind of diversified right the first piece of having something is the staple location here which is always going to provide some business the retail now you're getting business on that side too so for people that have these restaurants bars whatever it is mm-hmm. It seems like everybody that's been able to have diversity and diversify have kind of made it through this the best. Uh, just, for example, you don't really rely on Uber too much. You've always done your own delivery and push your own delivery and that kind of. So you're, talking about,
0: you're uh, talking about the pivots now? I'm talking about me pivot, yeah. The pivots, yeah. I okay. love pivots. It's a great word. Uh, but sure enough, too, Pax I Opana, hate Uber. I know. Just any, t- any chance I can throw that out there. I know it's completely unrelated, <laughs> but anytime I can say that. This is good
4: uh, I hear you for us during covid like what you're saying but also the delivery for us especially in white Plains, actually like kind of carried us through um just being able to do like our you know we do uber we do Grab, we do DoorDash. so that actually helped us a lot we don't have our own delivery yeah. van, or I know, think of it was course you a... do better because you're not paying them it's outrageous fees yeah but I just I think it personally, helps us a lot.
0: personally for us it's just yeah I don't think it was Ended up being a good decision for our business. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the
2: beginning, it was necessary just to help get the name out there and whatnot.
4: Yeah. 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 Do you do it now, Justin?
0: We do, but I turn it off every night at like 5 o'clock. So at dinner, I don't even, I just turn it off. Okay. And I I put on lunch because we're not as busy and Mm -hmm. I have the time. But Do you find that you have, they've been having a lot of trouble having drivers come pick stuff up, which is, I wasn't Mm -hmm. aggravated or frustrated with it until that started happening.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, During the beginning of COVID, there was, like, no drivers, and it was a little hard, because we were relying on the deliveries almost some days, because we didn't have customers, you know? Right, right. When COVID first obviously hit. But now it's gotten better. White Plains is very heavy on delivery, as opposed to, like, kind of out here, where you're a little, you know, it's a little more of the suburbs. Um, So, the wait, in general, the wait times for delivery is longer in Mamaronek. Uh, white planes the drivers show up quicker literally like they'll show up before we even hit confirm like it's like they'll be there in two minutes three minutes five minutes
0: because i'd say i didn't even notice how much i disliked uber until Mm -hmm. that started happening yeah that was the first thing that started happening and then i was like what else do i not like about this (laughs) if they if the drivers were here quick i probably wouldn't even yeah um, you know i was fine i was like whatever it's just extra orders going out but
4: no we we've i mean we relied on it a lot for the two months especially in White Plains um, the first two months of COVID it, it definitely before you business. opened the White Plains location mm-hmm.
1: and you were sending the truck out all of a sudden on Wednesdays farmer's the yes. market there I was undergoing kitchen renovations and when that was happening it was miserable because you've eaten every single takeout item you could possibly He's eat. referring right. to a residential commercial. kitchen yeah. reservations, yeah. Okay. not like a Got commercial it. kitchen. <laughs> Correct. Thank and you for clarifying. When the Walters truck popped up on Uber Eats, I was like, this is phenomenal. And also, <laughs> this is an awesome business thing that's been done where you can take advantage of setting up a food truck in a certain area yes. and have them actually come to the food truck. Yeah. Okay. Is that hard to kind of set up on the back end possibly as far as moving around all the time and So
4: for us we have the like we have the Uber tablet with us so we haven't done it as much this year because we haven't been doing the public events but last year for example especially the White Plains Farmers Market or any public event that we are doing in towns around you know around Westchester we would just you just literally put in your address and you could start doing Uber from there so it definitely helped at some events even if there's an event that you're at that's like could be a little slow and it turned out not as you expected Uber could be something that... It's cool with the trucks because you can change the address wherever you go. So hypothetically,
1: today, if you drove up to New Haven, you could just activate that thing from XX location and somebody will come pick up food. Yeah. That's actually... That is going to... Very
0: cool. Yeah. No, that for that—that's yeah. that's what I mean. For I just thought for for, for our business purpose, yeah. personally, whatever. But I see how it's mm-hmm. it works for different right. formats is definitely beneficial, especially in that format because you could just move around all the time. Yeah. You can't carry your own drivers and just go around everywhere. Right. You know.
4: And I think a lot of we're in a unique situation because we're a truck that doesn't we don't sit anywhere. So like even for a truck that maybe like our friends on a Subaki truck they have a spot in, um, Yonkers. And they can do Uber Eats from there every day. So it's almost like a restaurant spot. But for us, we were like, let's just turn it on when we can at public events. If it makes sense and there's like somewhere the driver can pull up, we turn it on and we see if we get orders.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we did actually have Uber Eats on the other day and the driver was nowhere to be found, although it said that he was very close. And (laughs) sure enough, the back door of the restaurant was locked and the guy couldn't get through it. And they shut down the streets because they were doing all these conventions. So... Having the truck is a godsend. You open two of those back-to-back. Yeah. White Plains location being downtown, that allows you to do a lot of delivery orders through things like Uber and CMS. Did
0: you actually, I think I know the answer to this, but did you use the trucks to, like, scout the location? So, like, you go to the farmer's market and you're like, okay, White Plains could be a... Location was at.
4: I think that we didn't do it on purpose, but having the truck. So we did the White Plains Farmers Market for like four years, and having the truck there. I mean, there was a great, um, like, turnout of customers every week at the Farmers Market. So it kind of allowed us to explore the White Plains, White Plains area a little bit more and find the location that we liked. And you know, it took a few years. It was like two years in the making, but having the truck definitely helps you almost like test out different markets and see where your following is the best. You know, we've done yeah. we've done things consistently like the market at other venues and you know, it hasn't been so good, so then you kind of know you're not going to open right. like a brick and mortar there cuz right. it's you know. That's, you, you can see right away where your you know, your customer base is for yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: that that's like a val- that sense. was it's a really valuable tool because Mike and I yeah. have talked about bringing Talk about the about trailer. The you know, we don't have a, we don't have a food truck, but we right. have the trailer and we have our van that pulls the trailer. We can we can make a stand pretty much anywhere we go, but it's not as easy as, as the truck is. And we always talked about, should we should we do that? You know, that's, like, a valuable tool. You could set up yeah. and just be like, you know oh, we're going to be here for a couple months. Mm-hmm. And just like you say, you could tell if people. Just, like, check the pulse yeah, of the area. Yeah, you could tell if people yeah. are feeling you're not before you, like, commit fully yeah. to a spot.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. No, I would definitely suggest that for anyone who has a truck who maybe, you know, they don't have other locations, but they maybe want to open a brick and mortar. Like, you can test out. You know, if you have your Westchester permit you can go all over and you could even you know, you could test out any area you want really. There's there's markets everywhere, there's parking lots, there's like cross county shopping center, places like that that yep. host trucks. So definitely a good option with a food truck.
1: I mean food trucks are food trucks are huge right now also and there's a lot of guys that wanna have food trucks mm-hmm. and of course when there's more supply there will be less demand for everybody. Right. But for guys maybe looking to still get a truck, do you have any advice for those guys that are trying to navigate the waters and maybe don't know what hardships they're about to endure?
4: <laughs> so, yeah, my brother and I actually taught a class at WCC, like how to build a food truck business. Awesome. We've done maybe four classes. I think obviously last, this past spring was canceled, but every time we do it like we give them so much info and we talk we talk it through like a to z of everything you have to go through because a food truck business i mean it is literally a restaurant on wheels so like what goes into a restaurant is going into your food truck and if you are ready to work hard and like really get dirty and like you know get in there then absolutely but it is a lot of work and you know even things you don't think about like when we open our food trucks we kind of thought we were gonna um do, do events, but also we thought we were going to sit on the street. We're like, we're going to get a food truck and food trucks sit on the street and we're going to do that seven days a week and that's going to be that. But we ended up becoming like a private party truck. We don't you know, we don't sit anywhere. We do events and weddings and all that and house parties and all that kind of stuff. So our business model changed the day that we launched it. We had like 100 emails about doing parties and we were like, well, what do we do? Like we had to like create a menu and do all this stuff and kind of think on our feet. Um, and that was, you know, six years ago. Is and that
1: fuels the second truck is that's what fueled the second course? truck
4: is yeah we i mean we could do it now we can do up to eight events in one like on one saturday um because we have the two trucks so if you book everything back to back and you know again that takes a team of people it takes a lot of maintenance um you know like when i get back right now to the pagoda we're literally cleaning the truck fryers we have an event at like one of the country clubs tonight so like you don't think about all the maintenance and kind of all that stuff people are like oh a food truck it seems fun it sounds easy it's not. I mean, it's it's a crazy amount of work. At the end of our class, me and my brother were like, "Did we scare everyone?" <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna get trucked now because we kind of, you know, they ask so many questions and we tell them, you know, we want to be informative, but you should scare. You people. yes, one hundred
0: percent. I gave. A, I was invited to do an entrepreneur. What was that? An entrepreneurship thing or whatever at Iona. Yeah, we we a, did talk with kids. Okay. It ended up being much smaller than I thought it was gonna be, <laughs> but they were basically their question was like. So, when I'm in a restaurant, nobody wants to. It's like, you don't want to. Right. You, you have to hear this. me tell you you don't want to a million times <laughs> and then still do it. Yeah. And that's when you know you can do it.
4: And the restaurant industry everyone knows like owning a restaurant is so hard, but like a food truck is it's moving, like it's going places. Like something breaks down in an event, like you're out, all your fries, all your ice cream, the generator blows, you're literally in 110 degrees with grills, like heating your face. You know, like so mm. many things can go wrong and it's so hard because. The you better love are, what you're doing the tr- yeah. you better love it and like it's a lot of work and it's it's hot and it's you know it's moving so as an especially as someone who like owns and owns and operates it it's you know a restaurant's one thing but the truck is there's a whole added element because it's literally on wheels so it's like things concerned? happen you have to fix them right away
1: are you concerned about putting mileage on the trucks do you kind of factor that into your drives and where mm, you're putting the truck or when it's no. done you just redo it
4: yeah no not for us i mean we um we do everything in the Tri-State, and it's mostly in Westchester. So, you know, if you're a food truck, you're not driving like you would, like, you know, a truck that you own. You don't, you don't put, the miles aren't too bad. Um, Unless the, you're
0: John Favreau.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good joke. Those um,
4: the, the generators, that's, that's like, the biggest thing with a truck is, you know, we actually just had to put in a new generator in our second truck, um, which gets a ton of use because it's the bigger truck, and we do all of our public events with it but a generator isn't meant to be turned on and off every day, multiple times a day, you know? like So they, that's something that's, you have to think about going into it. They're very expensive and more than the miles, that's like another big, you know, big cost when you're doing the truck. It's something you do have to replace every, I don't know, four or five years, if, if you're busy, if you're a busy truck.
1: And how many people typically operate on the truck?
4: So we can do private parties, usually two or three people. Um, if we're doing a public event, we have four or five. That's, like, kind of five is kind of the most that we can fit. We did um, Governor's Ball last year for, like, three days straight.
0: I remember seeing that, actually. Yeah. That's pretty it pretty
4: It was nuts. We were supposed to do it this year, and when they canceled it, we were, like, we were so heartbroken. Um, that was one of our big events we were looking forward to. Uh, but
0: big events getting canceled. It, yeah. the yeah. so theme of 2020. It's
4: the theme of 2020. So
0: I know Q2 was very hard for us because yeah. we lost pretty much every big event we had planned for this I'm sure. thing. I know it's the same busy Season for you guys for the trucks, right?
4: Yeah, we we lost. I mean, it, we'll end up doing like 50% of the amount of events yeah. that we normally do. I would say
0: it is. So you and usually, we do like
4: 400, 450 yeah, events a year. That, we do well, a yeah.
0: I mean, we do 30. Yeah. Which I, but that's. I mean, that's a main part of your business. Yeah. And I course. know that's why I scheduled my vacation for next week. Because mm-hmm. yeah. usually this is the time of the year where I'm like. <laughs> yep out of it. Just finished yeah. out of yeah. it. I'm taking off for well, a week. August is yeah. the slowest month. Right. So yeah. it's like
4: usually that's the time to be to take a break So I'm course. still
0: going on vacation, but I'm not nearly as tired. <laughs> as yeah. Tired. All right. I know. <laughs>
1: when you're hitting these large-scale events, mm-hmm. like you just said Governor's Ball is huge. So the thousands of people that are out there all day long yeah. just eating, drinking, eating, drinking again throughout the course of a day. How do you bring enough like hot dogs and buns. With you. <laughs> the food truck's only so big at the end of the day. Yeah. You have a cargo van in the back that's no. just like loaded with goodies.
4: It's crazy. So, for Governor's Ball, we were actually, you know, so much work went into the logistics on the back end of it, like setting up. We had to create like a special plug so that we could actually plug in and leave our truck there. Cause, like, you can't bring the truck on and off. You have to bring it like the day before it starts and you take it the day after it ends. Um, so, we brought it, we plugged it in. It worked, thank God. Um, and then every morning we would, drive down, usually, like, two or three cars of us, like, staff, me, my brother, my husband came, um, my sister, and we would just bring, like, crates of fries and hot dogs and buns and, like, (laughs) carry them, like, across this crazy field to get into Governor's Ball, like, we couldn't drive in every day, so we had to do that, Um, and then a lot of people actually will, you could rent, like, a, you know, like a maybe like a big cooler or even like a refrigerator you put outside and you just plug it in for these types of events Uh, we ended up using someone else's uh, like one of the main sponsors had like a huge refrigerated area and we were like loading it with fries every single day but it was it was totally nuts i mean the whole thing was again you have to love what you do because it was like 14 15 16 hour days yeah and hot so so hot
1: future event you would certainly rent a fridge with that <laughs> yes. amount of volume i guess yes yeah,
4: so we, we were excited to do it this year because we were trying to think of ways that we could we it's were even thinking reliable. of having one of our vendors like deliver because it's in i think it's, it's the bronx um like deliver their truck every morning yeah. to the event we're like oh this is actually a that smart idea that yeah. makes sense but we you know you don't think of it last year we didn't know what we were getting into yeah but you there's there's things you can do but especially with a food truck i will say you learn as you go like you're learning something new about the truck every single day. I mean, I'm still learning, and it's been six years. You know, when you do an event of that scale, you've never done it before. You don't know how to make. You try to make your life easier, but it's my, definitely hard.
1: <laughs> my, my buddy Dave has the pizza pizza truck. Okay. And sure enough, I've been out there where he's like, I'm just ran out of dough yeah like well we like you want me to go get you some dough like he's like nah, (laughs) it's not that simple so yeah for things like this yeah it's got to be insane to figure out what your numbers are and how many people you're dealing
4: with right for us again we're lucky because we we've never run out at an event um we have run out where we were able to have someone from like mamarinic or white plains like run food over quickly or we've scrambled and like left if someone had a car and ran back to get stuff so we're lucky because we always have like our you know, kinda of like our commissary to go back to. Um, but we can you know, we could fit so many hot dogs and fries and it's rare that we would run out. Whereas these trucks like Dave or you know, anyone who has anything like that where they're making stuff fresh, I mean, it's if you run out, you run out. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't prep you can only prep so much chicken. If the event's busy, great. If it's not, you're left with all this food that you prepped so sure. it's it's definitely hard to have other menu options.
2: How many people did they tell you? Expect to serve when you're doing governor's ball a day.
4: I feel like they said they get like. Ten, it was either ten thousand or thirty thousand. I can't remember. I think it was. Could like, you imagine think, for that? I think the total. I'm thinking was like, about it right now. I'm like, <laughs> how would
0: I even do that? How would you I? I do
3: don't that know that how the
4: other like other vendors like you, like you guys would do it. Like, there's a lot of vendors 30, like that, and I'm like, <laughs> how are they doing this? I had friends in the city that did it, um, who owned Ducks Eatery, and okay, yeah. um, Harry and Ida's was like their deli where they did like the famous pastrami sandwiches, but. Julian Will, it's like a brother and sister. And I asked her about Governor's Ball. I'm like, should we do it? But she, they had such a crazy experience with it because they brought, I think it rained the year before for Gutball. Ball. And they brought all this food, and she said getting it there and, like, you know, just, like, huge things of pastrami and not using it. It was just a nightmare, and I was, like, a little bit scared, but I'm like, luckily, if you have a truck, it makes it for sure ten times easier. My, my <laughs> biggest
0: fear if we did something on that scale would yeah. just what you said not being – not having enough prepared and running out because then yeah. you'd be sitting there saying all the revenue you lost yes. by You're not like kicking yourself. Being You're there, just watching you know, walk like, to someone to, else's stand. Yeah, to under prepare and then be done before the event is over. Right. Yep, yeah, ribs for 30,000 people. Yeah, yeah. because How would you, you figure only that have out? one no, shot to make the money at the event. It's <laughs> yeah. not like here we are. you know, We could sell out a brisket tonight and mm-hmm. say, it's okay tomorrow, You yeah. know, we'll make another brisket. When you do an event like that, Sick. you. You get it right. You yeah, get it right. If, you, if you misjudge, you you lose your shirt on yeah. an event.
4: and no. events like that, you like we always say, like it's the easy part is the event. Like when you're there making yeah. food, like that's sure. easy. That's no, yeah. You've no problem. You've done a thousand
2: times already. You know right, but
4: getting there and all, we the back end of it starts in like January. Like yeah. our. Yeah. Alana, who was our events coordinator, she like spent months and months and months and months of like and paperwork and planning and. That's, that's the a part lot. no
0: one realizes. Yep. Yeah. You go to the event, you pull up, you're like, "Oh, cool, Walters." And <laughs> you just Say, "Oh, Walters was there." You don't realize yeah. everything that went that's into getting Walters
2: there. It's so
4: <laughs> much admin. I mean, it's it's when, a lot.
1: When you talk about uh, events, too, in recent times with food and restaurants, mm-hmm. you're seeing all these collaborations happen, and. When I was younger, I don't ever remember seeing restaurants collaborate with other restaurants or anything like that at all. I remember clothing companies right. collaborating with other clothing companies. So then I know you've done in the past with Just here at Smokehouse, you've done a collaboration, right? What was that? The two, yeah, we did a
4: couple of yeah, times. Yeah, we do it every opened, year. Yeah, we've done it for years.
0: We opened our patio. That was like, well, the first time was just first time. And then we're like, we're going to open the patio of Walters every year. So we did that. I don't know. Was it three, three times? I think two, we've three done times? it. I think we've done yeah. it three times. Three yeah. times. You've done Fortina.
4: Yeah, we did Fortina. We did Hoodoo Brown. We usually do every year. We we just did one with them a few weeks ago. Um, they're out in Ridgefield, Connecticut. Uh, the, I think the first one we ever did was with Black Tap. Um, like the milk, the right, famous milk. I remember which place. one I saw. But yeah. that That's so the the one that was. With it. Just, they were actually an old client of the company that I worked at, the like PR firm that I worked at, and one of my. Uh, old colleagues was like, oh, do you, the owner of Black Tap is from here. He's from um, Yonkers and he loves Walters. So she was like, he really wants, they were doing collaborations at the time. And she kind of like coordinated the whole thing and was like, you know, they want to do shakes or something with the shakes at Walters. That was actually like one of the craziest weekends I've ever seen at the Pagoda. And that was like my, maybe my second year back. So that kind of kicked off like this whole collaboration thing. I think, too, like, the food industry now, as opposed to when we were all, like, young and growing up, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like it is today. I mean, now it's, like, it's about, it's trendy, and it's, like, fun, and it's what people do now. It's, like, and with social media, it's become it's become huge. So I think that's, too, why people are, you know, it's more of, like, a community feel now, I feel like, than
3: definitely
4: when we were younger. People want to work together and, and do fun stuff. And
1: to keep it fresh. To keep to that point. I see so many times where owners are like at each other's throats. The guy across the street with his blah blah blah. Yeah. Like and to me it feels so easy to just be open armed and have that type of unity that you speak of, mm-hmm. that Justin knows as well. And it's easier to build together than it is to build separately. And then like you said, Absolutely. it's fun. It's cool to do these things. Mm-hmm. And people that love Walters will then be like, Oh, I haven't been a smokehouse. People that have been a smokehouse will be like oh, I should go to Walter's more. Right. And next thing you know, you kind of just boosted up sales in the next couple of weeks, mm-hmm. whether you realize it or not, and everyone's having a ball. Yeah. Versus, you know, for instance, your other neighbor, for somebody whose mentality is very closed off, mm-hmm. that don't want to do anything together, that don't want to reach out, don't want to discuss sales. Hey, what are you guys doing this week for Super Bowl, blah, blah. Right. Maybe coordinate. Oh, you're doing trivia on Tuesday? Maybe I'll do trivia on Wednesday instead. So we're yeah. not just at each other's throats and we build a business up all around.
4: Yeah, I think we're... We're all about like community, and we're not into like we're not into like the whole competition thing. Like I want every food truck that I'm friends with to be successful. We recommend food trucks for things, especially when we can't do them. We're like but we're, we know all these food trucks and they're awesome. Um, and even with the stores, like you know, we just feel lucky that we're you know we're, the pagoda is what it is, and we're able to expand and do other businesses and everything. So for us, especially with you know, even with COVID, I mean, everyone was working together to try to figure out yep. what the next move was, what their business model was gonna be. I mean, you kind of had to change everything in the past four months.
0: I think if you're a successful business, especially in this industry, your outlook is just that. You're mm-hmm. not talking. To, you're not worried about competition yeah. because you just want everybody. People everybody ask us all the time. Too. You yeah. know, there's another restaurant open on the block. My like, great, put as many restaurants as possible as long exactly. as they're good. Like. It's just you know, gonna bring more people. It's just gonna bring more people Absolutely. and the industry as a whole gets elevated. So if you understand that and if you're you know, you're on that side of it, you're not worried about oh, that guy's opening a restaurant. Now only ten people are gonna eat dinner. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. You know? But there's there's that split. You're either worried about it or you're not worried about it. And usually if you're not yeah. worried about it.
2: Yeah. kind of because you've been around for a while to not worry about it it's like it shows the growth in the industry to yeah. go from being so worried about your company I mean, it's, an, you attitude. it's an attitude it's an attitude thing
0: you know yeah. it's 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 i bet most people have the same attitude in, in your life too you know like we do have to get deep into life stuff but, yeah you know it's your attitude if you're yeah. a positive person right then absolutely you know
4: yeah our, and our grandfather gene who like ran walters for like almost 65 years i mean we learned everything from him we do this kind of like because we like were close with him and we loved him and he taught us everything and he was all about community. He loved Mamaronek. He was a part of like every club and in the fire department for 75 years. And, you know, we're all about um, helping other, especially food trucks. We've helped a lot of our food truck um, friends get their trucks and refer them to where we go. You know, it's just about, it's all, like you said, Justin, it's all about your outlook and, you know, we're better together. So absolutely agree.
0: So what's the new thing for next year? (laughs)
4: take a break i don't know (laughs) i don't know um we're trying definitely right now we've been working on expanding the retail business um you know a few new supermarkets opening up around here and my brother's kind of been been heading that um so definitely retail uh gold belly Um, nothing new expansion wise maybe a third truck um just simply because I think next year, twenty twenty one, hopefully, will we'll be a, it all back. a bigger year for <laughs> yeah for parties and we're seeing a little bit of a pickup now with people booking events like private events. But I think yeah, maybe truck three will be a twenty twenty one thing. I might,
3: I might
1: <laughs> not know. Is there a company that has like a fleet of fifteen food trucks out there that it's not something I know about?
4: You mean the ones that build them, like companies that build no, them, or
1: somebody but operating like one? Man. Yeah, like a like, like a brain truck or yeah, something? Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. Is right. that the future of where we wind up going with trucks?
4: <laughs> like having like fifteen Walters trucks? Yeah. Um, or,
1: l- let's not undershoot. Maybe forty Walters <laughs> trucks nationwide.
4: <laughs> that's, an idea, yeah, that's an idea, that's for an sure. idea for sure. Um, you could I definitely. Want no I part know. In that. I don't know if you guys know Melt. I don't know if it's a Melt Mobile or, or Melt. It's a, this same woman way. owns it in um, Connecticut. It's like a grilled cheese truck. They make yeah. amazing
1: grilled cheeses. Is, are they responsible for the White Plains location?
4: I think no, it's not North the Russia. same people. Um, but I think she actually years ago she franchised the truck. I think she has. I don't know how many now, but I. It, the food is awesome. I'm pretty sure they franchised the um, the truck business, which is interesting. It's and who is the, there was one do. on
0: Shark Tank actually. Now I'm thinking about it. The the lobster one. Speaking of lobster.
4: Uh, oh, at, yeah, that oh is. Luke's lobster from the city? No.
0: I
2: know what you're talking about. Cousins. Yeah, cousins, cousins. lobster. Okay. They have two yeah. two trucks operating in Worcester. Right?
0: Right? I think that was their whole Shark thing. One in Webchester, one in the was to like oh, I love shark tank. franchise the the truck. Yeah. Or something like that.
1: Is that something that Walter's ever discussed before internally? Or? Yeah,
4: I don't think we don't I don't think we want to franchise. Like we kinda wanna we wanna keep it in the family. Yeah. Um we tried franchising back in like the early nineties, the locations and it didn't whatever reason the other locations just didn't work out um we know you know we know a little bit more now and the food industry is definitely in a different place but i don't think we want to franchise but the food trucks we've never talked about it but you know we've even talked about in the winter going down to florida with our trucks because we have such a big customer base in florida it's just a matter of getting our product there like can we get the hot dogs there somehow can we get our bread from arnold's there can we get you know whatever else we need delivered i'm sure it's possible and can be figured out um but Yeah, not necessarily franchising, but definitely maybe more trucks.
1: It's funny because you do see a lot of restaurants that are from the northeast here, namely New York, and (laughs) Tri-State open up places down in Florida. Uh, What's the spot in Thornwood? Pizza spot? Woodfire? Wood and fire. Oh, okay. oh, wooden fire. Okay. Oh, wooden fire. Yep. Down in Boca Raton or Delray, mm-hmm. right there too, which is hilarious because that's where everyone goes to retire from here. Yeah. It almost makes sense if you want to strengthen your brand outside of state to just go right into West Palm Beach. Where yeah, beautiful retiring. weather all year. It's like Walter's yeah. weather
4: all year round. So, we get the most gold belly orders to Florida, absolutely <laughs> by far, absolutely. So Florida's definitely. When we first got the truck, we were like, "What are we gonna do in the winter with it?" My brother and I said we were gonna do like a winter tour. And just book like private events in Florida and bring the truck down there. We we never did it. <laughs> we got a little busy but I'm trying to find an maybe excuse in the to open future. a
0: smokehouse in like Tampa. Yeah. 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 Not purely just so I can go to Tampa.
1: Yeah,
4: we know.
0: <laughs> in the winter.
4: Yeah. Escape the winter here for sure.
1: Kat, thanks for coming in here and talking to us about Walters and educating everybody. Yeah, and, thank you guys. You know, throwing some advice to guys that might be looking to get their truck going or don't understand how hard it is to maintain business. Yeah. But those gems are, I think, what help the people out.
0: Good talk, guys.
2: (laughs) Don't forget to uh, smash that like and subscribe button, because, you know, algorithm. Time to go get a hot book.